Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Podcast lovers, how the fuck are you, friends? Welcome to the show. Lions Lounge Lockdown is sponsored for the entire 2021 season by Match Scaffolding. Match Scaffolding is a company that is owned and operated by a Millwall fan. So, if you want some scaffolding in your life, please don't hesitate to contact Match Scaffolding. Their contact details are in the description of this audio podcast offering. Our guest today for Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 40, is Chris Malkin. Only one year at the club, which spread across two seasons, but he was at the club at a very, very difficult and strange time. Lots of people through the door. Lots of people out the door, the Russians. I'll leave it there. It's a brilliant story. He was a real character. This is Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 40. Chris Malkin. Enjoy. We're going to go in three, two, one. Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 40. We're taking it back to the 90s. Chris Malkin, thanks for joining us, mate. No problem, Dan. Nice to, nice to speak to you. Long time, no hair. These 90s players blow my mind because obviously I'm now a full-blown adult, but at the time you was at the club, 1995, 96, I was only 15 years old. So really, really pleased to have you on. 52 games for me, a wall. 13 you goals. Look, but... You only look 15 now. <laughs> Mate, I wish. Sorry, go on. An eventful time at the club, nonetheless. Only... How many games? How many games? 52. 52 games, 13 oh, well. goals. Um, you started... one, one and four-ish. It's not bad, is it? It's not bad at all. You started your career at non-league Stork, though. Is that right? Yeah, well, Stork. That, you won't have heard of that. I mean, let me think what that's equivalent to. I lived, when I was at Millwall, I lived in Bromley. Yeah. It's like playing for Beck, Beckenham FC or, do you know what I mean? Just a local a local team. Yeah, yeah. That, um, but at the time, Tramier were in the fourth division. They'd only just uh, avoided being... Um, put into the conference yeah so they didn't have any money and I was a local young lad at the age of about 18, 19 you know banging in a few goals in the local you know in the local football league yeah and funnily enough we had a final and the final of the, it was like the Cheshire the Cheshire Amateur Cup massive cup it was like the European Cup the size of it 
Anyway, the final was held at Tranmere Road, was Prenton Park. And um, we won the final, I scored two. And after the game, I got invited to uh, to go pre-season training with, with the first team. Oh, and from there, you know, I got a, you know, got a contract. Correct. So, mate, you had, you had eight very good years at Tranmere. I watched the video earlier of you scoring a, a, a goal in the, the only goal in the playoff final against Bolton. So, eight very good yeah. years in Tranmere. Yeah, that was that was ninety one. That was probably thirty years ago. But um, yeah, that, that, I mean, they're my best years. It's my local, my local club. Yeah. Um, and to play eight years, uh, and uh, I don't know, I scored seventy five goals, about 300, 300 odd games. So again, again, about one in four, really. So I don't um, usually cover. I don't usually cover players' careers before they get to me a wall. The reason I've done this, I'm leading to it. When we signed you, Millwall were having a little bit of ambition. They was having a little bit of a go, money-wise. To sign a striker of your calibre for £400,000 in 1995, yeah. coming off the back of your record, was was big for us. Along with Uwe Fuchs as well, signed at the same time. How did Big Mick sell the Southern Dream to you? That's a question I did want to ask. Um, well, I, I, had, I had quite a few teams coming after me. Yeah. Because uh, at that season... We'd um, we got to the playoffs with Tramia, um, just missed out, and I played both the games against Millwall. Scored a couple at Brenton Park. You know, had a really good game, and um, Mick. To be fair, Mick was the only guy who came to see me. I was I was actually doing my physio, uh, some physio exams at Lillishall. Yeah, and Mick drove up to meet us. Um, you know, shook my hand, had a chat. And you know, we we sort of did it on the on a on the basis of a handshake, and that that's what I was like. Because you know, I'm a northern northern lad, and he's he's very very northern. Yeah. And you know, a handshake and a pint, you know, that's that's all you need sometimes. Yeah. And I, I really liked that about him. Um, and I you know I really liked Mick. Got on really well with him, and he was he was a really good manager. And he, you know, it, it was. You definitely have to do what he, he wanted you to do. You know what I mean? Um, you know, if, if you if you didn't do what he wanted, he, he wasn't very happy. But I was happy to toe the line. I liked him. Um, the only thing was, when he left, he did leave a, a big gaping hole, mm. and um, the wheels totally fell up, fell yeah. off. You know, um, the whole season. I mean, by the time by the time we got to Christmas, we were top of the table. I mean, I was I was like top scorer, maybe scored twelve by Christmas, which is not bad for a, you know, a, like a, a typical number nine centre forward. And um, we were top of the table. I think we a big thing happened. We went up to um, to Sunderland. We were playing away at Sunderland. It was terrible weather, and we hadn't trained properly all week because we couldn't train. Anyway, we flew up there. We didn't. We didn't take a. The coach, as we would normally, we flew, and um, anyway, we got battered six nil. And uh, we know I don't think we ever flew to a game ever again after that. It was it was just on the approach up to Christmas, got beat six nil, and it wasn't long after that that um, Mick left. Yeah, shame because what is what I want to ask you as well. We all had a Mick McCarthy took over from Bruce Rio. Then we went to the new stadium when we came close in the first year at the new stadium. Then the the following year it was hampered a little bit by a cut run. So. Did he say to you, "Look, we're gonna have, we're gonna have a right go this year. Come down south, come to Millwall." Oh yeah, he sold it because it was 
um, it was when the new den was just, uh, you know, was just, just opening basically. Mm. So I'd been used to playing Millwall at the old den, um, you know, with the, with the cages and it was real intimidating sort of atmosphere. Yeah. Anyway, um, the new den, you know, it was brand new, fantastic facilities. Um, yeah. And he just, you know, he just said he, he, he liked my sort of style of play. Uh, maybe I reminded him of the, uh, the what, what was his name? The Aussie guy who used to play up front there. Dave Mitchell. Um, yeah, yeah. That type of sort of style. The, the only thing was, I found, when when I did get there, was that he also had, like, Uwe Fuchs mm. and Kerry Dixon. That's right. So yeah. it, was, it was myself who was like, a, when I was at Tramia, um, playing alongside John Aldridge, I was definitely like the target man. Yeah, cool. And then you had Uwe Fuchs, who was a bit of a target man, and Kerry Dixon, who was the target man. You know, and you try and play three of us up front, that was never going to happen. And even even two of us up front together didn't always work. Mm. I, I mean, I was used to playing with two wingers. You know what I mean? Like we had Johnny Morrissey and Pat Nevin yeah. on each wing. So I was very much used to playing your typical number nine role. Anyway, I sort of I adapted at Millwall because we often played a four three three, but but I really what I was always after was crosses, you know, crosses into the box. Yeah. If you have a look at some of the goal, the goals I scored, a lot of them were headers. Well, took for a few yeah. of those goals, and like you said, in my memory from from my teenage years, it was you and Fuchs up front because you were signed for four hundred thousand. He was three quarters of a million. What a waste of time that was. But when I actually looked into the stats, you actually started up, up front with Kerry Dixon. That season, then it went to you and Fuchs. You was always in the fold. Kerry Dixon was in his twilight years, and then of course you had uh, Richard Cadet, who was like a shorter striker, and young Scott Taylor. We had on the show last week was sort of breaking through as well. So definitely competition for places in your position. Yeah, well, um, Richard Cadet wasn't wasn't much in the reckoning when when Mick McCarthy was there. He yeah. was definitely he, he was in, out in the cold at that time. Um, it was it was a toss up between me, Uve, and um, Kerry, Kerry Dixon, the Kestrel. But to, to be fair, of all of us, he was he started off quite well. He started off the season quite well, and I ended up playing um, alongside him, uh, and and again doing quite well with him because I think he took up more of the, you know, because he was coming towards the end of his career. He yeah. did just stay in the box and he would pounce on a few goals. He got, I think Kerry got some very important goals mm. for Millwall at, at that time. And I think it was a big mistake allowing him to go to uh, Luton when, when they did. So, so just after Christmas, um, when Mick McCarthy went, um, Kerry Dixon also went, you know, and that's, you know, two big characters from the, um, from the changing room. Mm. Um, anyway, Uve, big Uve, flipping it. Come on, mate, was, on, his, on his day, he was funny. He was funny, Uve. On his day, he was he's hilarious. But um, what what can I say? You, you know, you'd go out for. A, I mean, I come up from up from from up north, right? Okay, so after the game, we go for a. You know, a few of the boys go for a pint, a typical sort of thing. Yeah. And I, the group I was with, um, like Uve and uh, Jason Van Blerk, It'd be like your night out would be Pizza Express and, and two bottles of Peroni. You know what I mean? That, that was it. Yeah. And um, Uwe would be like, um, yes, uh, I need 
you you have a piece of chocolate after after your meal? Yes, always I have a piece of chocolate after after my meal. So you know what I mean? That's that's be his night out. A a pizza, two bottles of brownie. Yes, and a piece of chocolate. Yes. <laughs> but it was funny. I did like him. I used to sometimes used to stay over with him in his uh at his flat in he had like a a really cool flat in really? Fulham. You know, yes, I'll take you to the King's Road. You know what I mean? So we came to the King's Road and um I mean I'd take my girl my girlfriend with me like. And uh oh it was, it was funny though. He, he liked he did like the finer things in life. Yeah. And he'd always like he'd have his juicer. He'd he'd you know, his breakfast, yes, I buy my, my, my juicer. So he'd always like make these juices like but he, he was a great he was a great like you know, I suppose if you'd had a it was a difficult one if, if he'd had a run in the team. Mm. You know, so, so if you give him like some like giving him twenty five games back to back in the team, he probably would have been better. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, he came off the um, bat. He, he signed from he, he was on loan at Middlesbrough before he, he came at to Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough wasn't he? He, he? did well at Middlesbrough, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He saw him score some goals, but but what I think what happened was there was there came a stage early in the season, and we were doing well. You know, we were up in the top mm. six, for example. Um, but we'd lost one or two games and they just came to a stage in the season where Mick McCarthy said, look, I'm going to have to decide what my best team is and I'm going to have to play, play some of these players for a run of games. And he yes. said, right, he brought me in and said, look, you know, Chris, I'm going to put you in. I'm going to give you half a dozen games. You know, you're just going to be in there. Okay. And and that helped me. That's what you want to hear, because, isn't it? Yeah, you know, just like, actually... You, you don't want to be coming on every you know one, one time I came on at, um, where was it we were away at Portsmouth and we were I think we were winning 1-0 away and I you know I'd started some games and I'd come off the bench a few games and then okay we yet we, we won the game 1-0 okay, I came on with about 20 minutes ago and then Mick, Mick was saying to you what are you doing in defence, you know, track, you know, tracking back all this stuff. You want someone to stay up front. You want someone to stay up top. And I was like, hold on, I've come down to Millwall, four hundred grand. I haven't had the best of starts. I'm trying to get into stay in the team. I just want this team to win. So if I track back, it's because I'm defending, and that's why I used to do a champion. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I think at that point he he realised actually. I was a, a bit of a grafter more than a glory hunter. Do you know what I mean? From that point onwards, I think he he, he thought, right, actually, I'm going to give him a run in the team. Mm. Because I basically, I was honest with him. You know, I went to, um, we played away at Birmingham and we drew 2-2. Two, two. And, and it was the time when the, all the Birmingham fans piled onto the pitch. And um, Taff came up to me and said, um, after the game, he said, why are you doing so much running about? You know what? Yeah, you're tracking about. You're tracking defender. You know, you defend. I said, look, that's just how we used to play at Tramia. That's that's how you bought me, and that's what the type of player I'm. Mm. You know, do you know what I mean? Defend and run about and graft, and I want the team to win. I say to him, number one, if the team wins, then I stay in the team. That's what a Tramia. If the team was winning, and I was in the team, I'd stay in the team. Yeah, exactly. What was he like? You just so, mentioned Taff there, Ian Evans. Brilliant coach and really good fun. And him and him and um, Mick McCarthy used to really, you know, play off each other really well. 
yeah. just just you know really good football banter. You know, Taff was was quality, and and Mick was really good. Mick was quite dry. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. and also you, you knew how far you could push it with him, but you didn't mind. You know, you didn't mind a laugh. And Taff would would be, you know, he, he he'd go the extra mile. He, he'd he'd have all the banter really. Yeah, um, good things about him. Yeah, um, but you know, I would say they both worked very well together. And as I say, Blumenek, I I really enjoyed my time yeah. up until the wheels came off. Up until really Mick left. Yeah, because we were literally top of the table. That's right. Yeah, but and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd scored. Scored some good goals. Yeah, the season started, mate. You scored on your debut. Do you remember that? Yeah, Grimsby. Yeah. Scored plumbing, boiling hot. Boiling hot day it was. Yeah, header. It's a bit similar to the uh, penalty decision, that. Dangerous place, though. Stevens was there. Oh, well, well. 2 0. And it was Malkin that scores it. Yeah, second goal. Alex Ray got the first 2 1 win. And then I think the first. Five games, you win four, draw one. You must yeah. have thought it's a piece of piss down here in South London. Yeah, well, I, I was, I was, um, what was I doing? I, I, I was sort of in and out the team. The team were winning. So, so yeah, you say we'd had those sort of wins, but like I wasn't always in the starting lineup. It was only as, as, the, as the season progressed. That I was like regularly in the starting lineup. So, so like for example, I think we won away at Reading three two, and um, I don't know whether I started, but then came off, and then Uve came on. I think Uve came on and maybe scored two. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So there was we we did dovetail. You know what I mean? Uve, if I wasn't playing well, Uve was playing well. If Uve wasn't playing well, Kerry was playing well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, you know, look at some of it. I look back at some of those. Uh, there's, a, there's a video there up until Christmas, uh, and I've scored some cracking goals. There's, there's a header I score away at Crystal Palace. Next on my notes, mate, 22nd of October, Crystal Palace away. Brilliant header from you that day. Uve scores yeah. the other one. The old Malkin Uve won too. Yeah. What do you remember about that day? Yeah, that's it. And, uh, well, that, that day as well, um, I mean, the, it was a bit special, to be fair. You know, because because Tramia haven't got a natural um, rival that close. You know, their natural derby. The the biggest, the closest derby that Tramia have is actually against Bolton. That's miles away. Mm. But you know, a London derby like that was was pretty special actually. Um, and I remember like talking about me enjoying crosses coming in. Like when I was at Tramia, they used to hang them up far post, and when sometimes at Millwall, they used to whip them in. Or even when I went to Blackpool, I used to whip crosses into the near post, and that was—I was never going to get to those crosses. Anyway, this ball for the um, for the uh, the goal against Palace, Bobby Barry's down the left, and he hangs it up far post, and I I get above my um, or or the, the the defender gets under it, and I attack the ball, head it, score an absolute belter. Right, you sort of change tactics, and uh, you play with a sweeper for the first time. It usually takes a good twenty minutes to half an hour for the boys to. Start.
broke very well down the left flank and a uh, tremendous cross and uh, Malkin left his marker but it was a tremendous header right in the corner Martin couldn't have a chance and um, the other one was I think I think I got a, like a partial assist it was like a near post flick that went in off Uwe's backside or something I think it was Jason Van Blurk will take it Tony Winters up in the six yard area X-Ray is on the edge of the box Hooks another six footer in there coming in it's gone in well Hooks I think will claim it But you know, two one win, and um, you know there was lots of lots of good goals. But, like we beat Ipswich two one, we beat um, West Brom um, at home. You know, we had there was a, there was a game we played, and we we'd actually made a record for the uh, most wins away from home of a team um, yeah. of a Millwall team, and it was um, or the most well, we hadn't been defeated for um, anyway. We played away at Oldham. One of my memories as a teenager was 2-0 down at Oldham. And it wasn't, obviously, there was no internet then. There was no nothing. And I was sitting on my parents' drive with the radio on, Jonathan Pierce, And they said, big Chris Malkin's got one back at Oldham. And it was that yeah. guy. It was that day. I've always remembered that for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, so we drew we drew that game. And, um, you know, the boys were, were buzzing. And I th- honestly, it was, it was good times. Mm. Let's talk about some of the players in that squad. Casey Keller, Keith Stevens, Alex Ray, Tony Witter. Yeah, yeah. Rhino was Rhino, Keith Stevens, he's quality. He was really funny. He was like uh he, he was everything I expected of a Millwall player. Because because the thing is I'd played against him. Yeah. You know, for Tramia. And he'd he'd, he'd trampled all over me a few times. And plummet the worst was Ben Thatcher. Oh my God, he, he would literally love to trample all over his, as you were standing, you know, as you were lying on the ground. Um, right, no, Rhino was good. He, he'd uh, he'd often ask, what you call it? Um, he was our physio. Keith, was it Keith? Got any eye drops, Keith? I'd <laughs> been a heavy one last night, <laughs> you know, because his eyes were red. Yeah, yeah. And, and we we play this we play this skill game on a um, on a Friday. You know, just a light game, just games. And um, you'd have to chip chip the ball and you'd have to like chest it, thigh it, hit it with your foot and then catch it. And then you'd run out and you'd have to chip it to your mate. Anyway, Tony Witter, he would just, he wouldn't even, he just wouldn't even do it. He'd go for a jog. He'd go for a jog and a stretch. And, and you know what I mean? He just could, because although he was quick and he blooming was quick and he was gangly and awkward sort of centre half. He just did not have those. He did not that have that in his locker. He used to hate. He used to hate playing those games. Yeah. Who else was there? Casey Keller. Um, what do we? No, I haven't got any funny ones about Casey Keller. Jason Van Blake was a good was a good mate of mine. Yeah, um, I met him on the show, Jason. Yeah, he's he's a good lad. Loved his cricket. They used to call him Wicket because he, you know, he's Aust- Australian. He's loved his cricket. Yeah, yeah. What about Dave Savage? Um, good, good boy, Dave Savage. Bad him on as yeah, well. Good, good Irish lad. And um, who else was it? Alex Ray. Bit fiery. When 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 I was um, when I'd scored twelve, coming up to Christmas time, 
And when I'd scored 12 and um, he'd scored 11, he was like, he, he was really edgy. You know what I mean? He's like, you're not going to get the top goal scorer from me. You know what I mean? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So he, lo- he loved the shot from outside the box, Alex. Yeah, he went, he went on the score. Someone said, I put it up on social media that he was coming on and someone said, he did brilliant for Tramia, but not so much for us. I thought, hang on, you scored 12 league goals that season. Alex Ray was top scorer with 16. 12 league goals isn't bad at all, is it? But Tim got relegated. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, the, the only problem was, the only problem was um, after after Christmas and when Mick McCarthy left, mm. I think I only, I'd only scored one. So yeah. for the rest of that season, the, the thing was, the, the, I mean, you, you probably know it's I, I got approached to go to um, Charlton. Oh, really? It, yeah, you'd not know this. No. Um, so so I would, I then went to, this was after Mick McCarthy left. Um, and I th- I don't know whether they were, they were starting to have some financial difficulties at, at Millwall. But I was obviously a saleable asset. Um, so Alan Kirby came in for me. And so I went off to Charlton and I talked with them. Um and okay, you know, he was pretty much going through, but then so I had a medical, and then what happened was um, they wanted a second opinion on 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 my medical because my right knee, I had a, my right knee was, um, you know, I had a, a couple of operations on it. Anyway, so that the, the, that week, say we'll call it say Tuesday, um, the Saturday. It was it was Charlton Millwall, right. so I was I was signed for Millwall. Alan, Ker- I was talking to Alan Kerbishley on the Tuesday, and it was sort of going through. I had to have like a, but he wanted a second opinion on my on my medical, so there was um and an R and about it. So that delayed it a couple of days, and then at the end, right at the end of it, well, at the end of the week, the the chairman was like, "No, we're not going to buy him because." You know, he's, he's going to be our top paid player and we're not going to take that risk. Right. But then it was up in the air. So we said we, we might be able to come to an agreement. So the, the big problem was that that game, Charlton versus Millwall at Charlton, I then didn't play because I was in a, I was right up in the air, a bit of a in-between, oh, okay. a bit of politics going on. So I'd failed me medical. I didn't play in that game. Charlton went on to win 2-0. That's the last time they beat us, by the way, as well. Do you know that? Was it? They've not beat us since. Really? Well, <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, um, but then then I then I came back to Millwall then. And yeah. it was still up in the air a little bit. You know, it, not, it sort of knocks you. It knocks your confidence and it knocks your relationship with the fans a little bit. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? That's that sort of thing. Plus, we'd had a whole massive turnaround in staff. Mick Mick and Taff had gone. Mm. Jimmy Nickel and um, his uh, coach had come in. Um, the the two Russian guys had come in. You played your whole career in the north, other than this one brief trip to London. Was did was you did you enjoy London? I take it. Was you fine? Was you settled? Yeah, I loved it. It took. I mean. To come to, first of all, when I first came down there, it was boiling hot, and I was I was staying in the the Bromley Court Hotel for 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 two or three months, right? And that was that was tough because um, it's you know just hotel life. I know it's 
of modern day modern day problems, isn't it? Tough hotel hotel life. But do you know what I mean? I wasn't settled life. Once after once I'd sort of it took me a little bit of time to settle that sort of life. Yeah. But then what helped me was that I rented um, actually Jason Van Blurk's old house that he was renting. So as soon as I sort of got in there around about September time, I was much more settled then. Yeah. You know, you just, and um, you know, my girlfriend got a job. Um, uh, you know, and it was great. It, we loved it. We loved it down there. And if seriously, if you look at some of those games up until Christmas, some of the victories that we had, um, fantastic. And we, yeah, we we deservedly were. You know, top first or second at Christmas. I think we had some like oh, I don't know how many points we had anyway. But by the time we actually got relegated, I think we got relegated on fifty-three points. Mm. I think it's the, the record. No one's ever got relegated on that many points, and it was on goal difference as well. You know, yeah. on the final day of the season, I think Portsmouth beat Huddersfield three 0 away from home, and uh, we just yeah we had it in our. It was our own fault, you know. We um, lost too many games. Yeah. Before we talk about the the change, let's talk about one of Mick's last acts as manager. It's the two Russians. You played up front with you, ran on their debut at home to Port Vale. We've heard some yeah. fantastic stories about those guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. To be fair, I mean, I they didn't look very fit when they came in. Do, you know what I mean? They, they, they didn't look very fit. You know, they're a bit overweight. I mean, Sergei Yoran, he was, the, I think he was the better one. He was the one up front. Yeah. Um, but the one at the guy, the, back, the guy at the back, what was his name? Kolkov. His name? Kolkov, yeah. He was just a bit pedestrian for me. Um, but they were in the team. I think they were getting paid big money because they'd come from um, Sparta Prague, was it? I mean, like, yeah. Spartak Moscow, Spartak Moscow, yeah. I think they'd come from from having played in the Champions League with them. That's right, yeah. And, they, they, you know, they sort of strolled, it was like they strolled into the team. And, you know, just, it's, do you know, football is fine lines and, and some of these fine lines between winning and losing and being on a winning streak and a losing streak, you know, and I just think we, there were too many, too many things um, went wrong and for lots of focus got lost. Um, even even if you think about towards the end of that season, we, we had a behind closed doors game against Birmingham. And we had to beat them 2-0. I scored a header again from a cross. Um, and, you know, where did we go after that game? You know the Bon Bonnie? Bon Bonnie, yeah. Bon Bonnie. Bon, we went to the Bon Bonnie afterwards. And I was, I was talking to... Um, Lucas, Lucas Neal. Yeah. He was probably barely old enough to get in there. And he was saying, Oh, do you think we'll have done enough to, to have to stayed up now? So I was like, Yeah, plum neck, you know, three points tonight. And we've, you know, we've got like three games to go. We you know we must have done enough. Anyway, you know, we hadn't done enough. No. Because um, you know, we we got beat badly in a, in a home game against Oldham Athletic. You know, we got beat badly away um, against, who was it, Luton. You know, penal, you know, a penalty from, from Wits, who just like, he just literally got his octopus legs and arms all over this guy. He's so awkward. 
Um, and you just think, flipping heck, you're in a position here. You got to go away to Ipswich, and you need you need three points. And we, well, we got a point, but um, it wasn't enough. Let's, um, let's talk about what started that whole process off. Big Mick leaving the club. Where did you? Where did you? Where did that leave you as a person? You thinking, fuck me, you brought me all the way down here, and now you've, you've done one. Um. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Sort of. I. I thought. It was his dream job, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it was what he wanted to do. And maybe maybe he saw the cracks that were starting. May, I don't know. You know what I mean? Because he'd, he bought in some players, you know, 750 grand for Uwe, 400 grand for myself. Um, and he, he had bought, bought in some players. And, you know, maybe, maybe the cracks were starting. And also, you know, there was... Because... I suppose the the only reason I got offered the chance to speak to Charlton was that I, you know they might buy me for for money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Three or four hundred grand, and and that they'd recoup some of that money. So, um, so potentially, you know, you, you just might have seen seen it coming a little bit and jumped ship a little bit. Yeah. To something that he wanted. You know, you, you know, look at what he did. You know, he went to the Republic of Ireland. He, you know, he quite enjoyed his time there. Mm, that's um, the thing that's amongst a lot of the fans that he jumped ship. Yeah, is that so? That so it's not just me. That no, it's not just you. No, no, no. Yeah, no. So okay, all right. So I'll, I'll explore that a little bit more. Um, you know, we did have we did have something good. We did, had a good team. Yeah, we were we were near the top. But, you know, for your leader, and who was a very much, um, he was a leader. He was the boss. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it just goes. And you're like, bloody hell. Do you know what I mean? And then also, the next thing is like, um, Kerry Dixon going. So although he wasn't, um, even if he wasn't playing every week, he was fantastic in the changing room. He was absolutely brilliant because... Level-headed, you know. Even if he was on the bench, he'd have a laugh. He'd keep everyone, you know. If we won, he'd he'd be like jovial, but old on guys. We've got a game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A game to come. We've got a lot to do. Or if we like, if we got beat, he'd always lift everyone's spirits. So I think one of the biggest mistakes was was sending was allowing him to go to um to what you call it to to Luton. Why did you call him the Kestrel? The Kestrel because he he used to hover at the far post. Like a Kestrel. He's quite a character. We've heard a few funny stories. Of oh, he grew wings. Kestrel was, you know, he's dry. He's such a lovely guy. Yeah. You know, honest to God. He was brilliant at table tennis. He couldn't plumb He was playing with table tennis. He couldn't return his plumbing serves. He was like, he used to spin the ball into the bat. He used to go all over the place. <laughs> So Mick, yeah. Mick goes, and then Jimmy Nickel comes in. Uh, he obviously wanted to bring any Scottish boys. What did, he, did you have a chat with Jimmy Nickel about your future when he arrived? Or um, yeah, no, that was a funny one. I was late for the first. I was late. For, we had a big meeting on the Monday. Yeah, no, no, it was. I was, I was on the Sunday. <laughs> and I, funnily enough, I'd actually gone down to one of these boats on the um, on the River Thames with uh, actually it was with with Sergey. Urine and his and his 
uh, you know, him and Uwe. So we'd gone, you know, down one of those riverboats. I think it might have been called the Moon. I think you got the Moon on the Thames or something. So Chris Malkin, Uwe Fuchs, and Sergei Urad are on a on a on a boat down the Thames. Yeah, no, well, yeah, it's a Moon over the Thames or something like that. It was his girl. It was it was Sergei's girlfriend's um, birthday. So we'd gone for a meal, and you know, I, so me and Uwe, you know, bottle of beer. You know what I mean? He was on his he was on his one Peroni. So. And then, but what Sergey? They'd be on like they'd have like a bottle of like um, Jack Daniel's Red Label. Do you know what I mean? They'd be on a, a bottle of Jack Daniel's Red Label, and I, as me, uh, can I have a pint of lager, please. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uve'd have his bottle. Uve'd have his bottle of Peroni. I already love the fact, yeah. didn't he? Uve. Yes, but only after my dinner. <laughs> um. Anyway, what's you call it? So, what you were saying? Yeah. So, anyway, basically, what I'm saying is, we'd be we'd been out on a on a Saturday night, um, and the Sunday morning was the meeting where we all met Jimmy Nickel, and I was I was I was sort of like half an hour late, a bit red eyed, you know, didn't didn't make a very good uh, impression. But anyway, that's that was a Sunday night, anyway. you know. Fancy having a meeting on a Sunday morning? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's harsh, isn't it? That's harsh. That's harsh. So Jimmy Nickel, yeah, no, Jimmy was a great guy. Um, what was he? You know, he was a good. He'd be a good mate. You know, you go for a pint with him, you'd have, you'd have a laugh, and he was a nice bloke, good, honest bloke. But um, Millwall for me, what was it? The way Mick had the changing room. It was what it needed. Yeah, it, it was close to. It was a bit okay. This this is a um, a London word. Is it Larry? You could, it could get a bit Larry. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so you could get a little bit Larry, and Mick would have to calm people down. You know what I mean? And Kestrel, he'd calm people. Down. He was like the governor in there. You know what I mean? You'd have people like Bobby Barry and um, Rick Rick Newman trying to be the governors, but you know. <laughs> Ke- Castro will just give them a clip round the ear, all the way, you know what I mean, or just or just put them down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so anyway, but but Jimmy was a bit more friendly than that. He was a bit more open. Like um, he was Northern Irish guy, isn't he? Very open. But I think I think some of the boys took liberties. Um, that's a, that's a, that's exactly <laughs> what I'd say. Talk, yeah, taking a liberty. <laughs> Yeah, it all went Pete's tongue, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, all went tits up. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, the likes of Rhino you would, were just solid, solid sort of players. Um, we, we were all, you know, we were all trying to do, we weren't trying to go in free fall, you yeah. know what I mean? You didn't try and lose these games. But there's, as I say, a fine line, you know, with myself, you know, got, told sort of like oh, you failed the medical and then I had to come back to Millwall and of course then then I'd gone to gone to Charlton mm. hadn't played in the game I felt bad I thought the, the fans maybe felt bad that, that I'd done that um, and then I lost form the team had lost form do you know what I mean it's, and it's a fine line from being you know uh, you know from doing well so you it wasn't particularly I got my head turned because I had a three-year contract at Millwall. 
Right. It was just that, you know, this was, you know, I, I went to speak to Charlton, you know what I mean? Mm. It, it, it sort of backfired. Sort of back yeah, well, not, not just for you, for everyone, mate. We ended up relegated on the final day at Ipswich. You played in that game, you started that match. What was obviously that like? For, for a player that come yeah. in with an intention of maybe going higher with the team, we ended yeah. up back in League One. Yeah, well... Uh, yeah, I'd never, I've never been relegated. That's the only time I've been relegated yeah. in, in in my career. Um, and I was, you know, nil nil. It was a hot day. We didn't not didn't get many chances really. Um, what, what can I say? You know, Ipswich was still going for the playoffs, so they were still they were they were like a top um, six team, or you know, and we were. Uh, we were a bottom sixteen, although we hadn't been. You know, we 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 when we played them at our place, we beat them two. I think we beat them two one. Right. I scored the header above the big uh, centre half Mowbray. But again, maybe um, see the, the clientele that came in. You know, the, um, the the Scottish lads that came in. Maybe they weren't quite at that time ready for the for that level. You know, the young lads, the likes of Hartley and Crawford, they were young lads. Yeah. You know, fifth, good up in Scotland, scored some goals and eventually did score goals, carried on to score goals, didn't they? Mm. Um, yeah, those two were right. But, the other two, it's Jason Dare and Davy Sinclair, were useless. Well, you know, they, it was it was, it was was tough. It was tough for them. You know, it's not, they, they don't pick the team, do they? Yeah, no, true, true, very true. You know, there were, other, you know, there were other lads who came in. It just didn't quite gel, did it? We, we certainly, we didn't have the team that we started the season with, did we? No, mate, so many players in and out the door during that season. This is why this season, the Russians, Uwe Fuchs, the Scottish lads, this season is always very much discussed amongst the Mill fan base and Mill podcasts and things like that, because it was such an eventful season with Big Mick leaving as well. And just, I think it sounded like 46 mm. players in, in the door and in and out. It was ridiculous amounts. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. But have a look at how many were playing up until Christmas. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When there was, when it was, when when we just had a nice solid team, and uh, you know you got a run in the team, you could, you know, you could you could name the team. You know, the South London press, you could name the team. You know, what's it going to be next week? That's going to be that, and that's what you need, isn't it? Exactly. I said that. I mean, you know, get off the subject slightly. If if the players win at the minutute, we're struggling. Then you then you play next week. It's as simple as that. You get you keep your place in the team. Yeah. Too much chopping and changing can soon fuck things up, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. So you're we're now when you joined Tra from Tramley, by the way, what league were Tramley in? Same division as Millwall, yeah, there was. Same, yeah, the same. Yeah, now you're just, back in uh, League One. What was your what was your feeling during that summer? Was you thinking I want to get out of here? Or was you wanting to stay and fight the calls under Jimmy Nichols? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I wanted to stay and fight the calls. Mm. Um, I just. I was just wondering whether the team that we had in the second part of that season was good enough to fight at the top of League Division One. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They were in free fall. Well, I'm not saying they were in free fall. I was in the team as well. We were in free fall. And then we had to have a good start to the next season. Um, which we, we we started okay. Started season first choice with Stevie Colford. Yeah, yeah. Well he was a good lad. Good good lad, but again. He was. He, he needed a few years to just mature, 
and to come into the game. And we, we just didn't quite have the um, that, that strength of a team that was going to take us into the playoffs or, or straight back up again, I didn't think. Yeah. And, and then I suppose, you know, you get other offers, don't you? You know, I had I had family up north. Yeah. Black Blackpool came in for me. Mm. Um and the other thing about it was Millwall, again, I was a saleable asset. Yeah. You know, and, and Blackpool were willing to pay two hundred and whatever, two hundred and seventy five grand for me. So Millwall didn't, you know, they weren't against me um going up there because they went into um administration then, didn't they? Yeah, not long after that. Before you did leave, yeah. I'm just going to ask you another question, which I noticed during um, looking and researching. You played up front with Darren Huckabee a couple of games. Yeah, yeah. I remember him coming in, he was unbelievable for us, and then he only played five games and he went somewhere else. But... Yeah, yeah, no, that was really good, actually. Yeah. That was that was like a glint, of, a glint of hope then. Do you know what I mean? Someone comes in because because then it was like, um, it was a bit, a little bit more experienced and... You know, it was like a big centre forward playing with a, a, a smaller, quicker guy playing off him. Do you know what I mean? That's why I was sort of, or a goal scorer playing off him. Because really, I wasn't, at Tramway, I wasn't really considered the goal scorer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'd be the, I'd be the typical nine who might score 15 a season. You know what I mean? 12 to 15 a season. That's, I mean, my goal scoring record is one in four. Which which it was for Millwall and it yeah. was for Tramia, so but that's that's more of a typical centre forward who gets involved in goals, gets assists, holds the ball up. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, like the old school four four two, like they'd play, but used back in the day, you'd have a big man who'd be the target man with the little man playing off him when he on his knockdowns. Yeah, well that may, but it, you know also maybe um, it is a bit of a, an old dinosaur type centre forward. Don't get me wrong, when I was young, when I was first, when I was like 20, I was quick. I was like the fastest in the team. But, um, you know, with a couple of operations on my knee, I had to learn how to play a different type of game. And when I used to play up front with John Aldridge, to stay in the team, I just had to run the bollocks off. Yeah. Win every head. And, and getting, you know, do all the defensive work. Do all the uh, um, hold-up play. Win all the headers. And, you know, Took its toll on my body. Yeah. Well, when you left the club, I mean, so Blackpool come in for you was their record sign at the time, and injuries started to creep in at that point, or was that later later on? Yeah, no. But I, I had a nightmare time at, at, at Blackpool. I even went there when they signed me. I already had a calf strain. You know, I'd already pulled my calf muscle at Millwall, mm. so I went out. I went there um, with with a calf um, strain. So I was already out for a few weeks. Um, the, the problem with up at Blackpool, I was always used to having a problem with my knee, with my right knee, yeah. But then I, I got like a hamstring, a calf strain, a hamstring strain, um, patella tendonitis on my knee, and it was all on the left side. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So my right, I was, I, was able, I was always able to play with my right knee problem. But when I started getting other muscular problems mm. and injuries... On the other side, you know, because I was compensating so much, it was so I'd have to deal with both. I'd have to deal with a, a left sided hamstring and, and the right knee. You know what I mean? Yeah. For all the world, 
it was just, uh, and I wanted to play because I'm that type of player, grafter, and I would, you know, I'd play through injuries. And maybe, again, maybe maybe that was part of the problem. Maybe I tried to rush back too much. Um, but it just, you know, and it get, gets on top of you, you know, because um, football's brilliant. Don't get me wrong, the best years of my life playing football. But when you're injured, it's not brilliant. No, because, you know, you know, you got to deal with it and you want to perform. There's pressure to perform. Yeah. And it's not just pressure from fans, it's pressure from within that you, you want to do well, but you, but you can't do well. And, uh, you know, towards the end of the season and towards the end of my career, that's, that's what it was like. You know, um, it, was, it became hard to enjoy when there were so many injuries. To leave the club, what did, how did that come about? Because you would have been, you should get a three-year contract. You probably would have had well over 18 months still to run on that. Did they offer you the chance to leave or you know, was you happy to leave? You, you know, how, how did it come about? Yeah, a bit, a bit. I think, I think the offer was there from from Blackpool, and Millwall needed the money as well. And yeah. I, I, to be fair, I was like, well, you know, you know, I, I quite fancy going back up north. I've got family up there, of course, obviously. Yeah. Um, I had, you know, so that's what we did. I went, I went, you know, went back up north. I, you know. Looking back on it, I definitely say I, I enjoyed my time at Millwall. I enjoyed living down there. I lived in Bromley. We used to, it was a nice area to live. Um, I enjoyed the fans. I really enjoyed up until Christmas, up until that, that period when Mick McCarthy left. It was great. In fact, probably I really enjoyed up until the Charlton sort of fiasco, which, you know, put a big dampener on things. Yeah, definitely, definitely. If, um, I always ask this at the end of the interview. If you could go back, let's just talk about your goals, actually. If you could pick a favourite goal from Millwall or a favourite mm. memory as well, what a goal. What's, what would that be? Um, yeah, gosh, well, there's a few. There's that, there was that Palace one. That was a good one. Actually, do you know what a good goal was? Um, away at Wolves at Christmas time. We were, we were a goal down. Mick, Mick McCarthy was about to bring me off, I think. And in the previous week, like the previous week, he brought Uwe Fuchs off and he put something in the paper. Um, and, yes, you know, it was a bit detrimental towards Uwe. And uh, anyway, anyway, so, so anyway, this, it was a corner, whipped in. I, I beat my man to, to the ball, headed it, 1-1. So we drew, we ended up drawing 1-1 at Wolves around about Christmas time. <clears throat> and Mick McCarthy sort of said to me, uh, I was going to bring you off just before then. I said, you're not going to put that in the paper, are you? You know what I mean? And you, you couldn't really say that to Mick, but you, I I just about could. Do you know what I mean? He sort yeah. of respected me enough to, for me to be able to say that. Do you know what I mean? We both had that mutual respect. Yeah. And he said, right, okay, you can come to the um, press uh, with me for that. You know what I mean? Come up and just make sure that I don't say that. Do you know what I mean? So I quite enjoyed that that one one yeah. against Wolves. Um, there's, a, there's a there's a goal against um, West Brom at home, which starts around about halfway. And very untypical for me, you know, sort of get the ball wide, knock it into Uve. He backheels it. I run through and, and sort of I scuff it over the goalkeeper, but it's still a good goal. Yes. Um, the goal, the the, the equaliser against um, what do you call it? Oldham. Mick McCarthy's like Plumerick. 
rose like a salmon that, that far post to get that. That was good. Um, to get above Mowbray to score a header, you know, some good some good goals, some yeah. good experiences. My memory of you was always, I'm not just saying it because I'm talking to you, because if I did speak to Uwe, I wouldn't say the same. Um, you was really good for us. I thought he was really good. You come and good striker, did well, but um, you moved on. If you could go out tomorrow for one last night with three of your old Mill teammates, which three would you take with you? <laughs> um, oh, I'd have to take me. You know, to be fair, this this it's. The, I'm not saying they were a bit lame, but the, for what I was used to up north, go because because Trammy used to go out for a few beers. Don't get don't get me wrong after a game, but my my little group was like um, Uve, uh, Jason Van Blerk, and Casey Keller. And I'm not messing two two pints. They were like mopeds, two pints, and they were full. Literally, I'm not messing. And uh, oh, so, so literally, two two bottles of Peroni. That that would be it. That that would be it. Uh, an American uh, Pizza Express and two two bottles of Peroni. Yeah, and a piece of chocolate at the end. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I really, really enjoyed it. Thanks You're for coming right. on. You're very welcome, Dan. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Have a good one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.